everyone. This is from the newsroom, the semi-regular podcast from the newsroom at the Holland Sentinel. I am Sarah Leach, editor of the Sentinel, and I am joined today by our public safety reporter, Audra Gamble. Hello, hey. Audra. How's it going? Pretty good. Busy week. A little, yeah, it's only <laughs> Tuesday. It feels like it's much later in the yeah, week. Yeah. I'm not sure if we even um, took a breath over the weekend no. because um, today we are going to be talking about a story that broke over the weekend um, on the, uh, the crime beat. And it was the, uh, the tragic murder of a, of a teen boy in Holland Township. And Audra, why don't you tell us a little bit about the event, um, when we learned of it in the early morning hours of Saturday? Sure. So, um, this was a shooting incident at the Hampton Inn, which is off of Felch in Holland Township. Um, and just after midnight, there were reports of some shots fired at the hotel, kind of in like a hallway, um, sounds like on the second floor. And when police got there, they found a 14-year-old boy. His name is Troy T.J. Wells. Um, and he had several gunshot wounds, and he unfortunately died from his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously really tragic when, when a young person dies. Um, T.J. Wells was an eighth grader at, at right. Mac Bay Middle Just a School. baby. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so... Things are still kind of developing. Police are still investigating. Um, Right now, it's believed that this was a gang-related incident, and um, he was shot by um, an AR-15-style rifle. They're not 100% Hmm. sure if it was an AR-15 itself, but it was some sort of rifle weapon. Right. Um, And right now, the suspect is still out and about. So that was um, an interesting twist because initially... Police suspected um, a 23-year-old Holland man Correct. and put out a, an all-points bulletin basically to locate that person. Uh, and then um, within a day, they actually backtracked that um, to say that they had gotten some misleading information. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. So this definitely was really confusing. And obviously you know, the scene of a homicide is, is hectic and you're trying to get information from different witnesses, some of whom are more willing to cooperate than others, you know, depending on the situation. Um, and the, the Ottawa County Sheriff's office initially said that the suspect was 23 year old Claudio Estrada. Um, and my understanding from some court documents and talking to, um, the investigative services captain over at the Sheriff's office is that ID was made, um, after three separate individuals at the scene, witnesses positively ID'd this, the shooter as Estrada off of a um, social media photo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. The sheriff's office said, you know, here's our spe- suspect. Here's a photo of him. Here's his last known address in Holland. Everybody, right. you know, all hands on deck. Um, because he was at, at the time still believed to be armed and dangerous mm-hmm. and suspected of homicide. Right. Um, it turns out that Estrada is in Texas, which is very far away, <laughs> right, right. Um, and was in Texas at the time of the shooting. So he's obviously not a suspect anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sheriff's office said that they discovered after the fact that there were some witnesses that gave some purposefully misleading statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're now potentially being investigated for lying to police. Right. Which We've is, seen that before in right, other cases. Right. right. That is, in fact, a crime, just yep. so y'all are aware. <laughs> um, don't do that. Um, and the new suspect is um, Juan Cabrera. He's 18. Um, and his last known address was in Holland Heights. Okay. So still local guy. Um, 
Estrada and Cabrera are almost the exact same height and almost the exact same weight. They're right. kind of like slim build, kind of an angular jaw. So right. they do look at least similar resemble generally. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, but the sheriff's office is really confident that um, Juan Cabrera is um, the correct suspect that they're looking for at the time that we're recording this, which is four o'clock ish on Tuesday. He's not in custody as, mm-hmm. as far as we're aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is again, considered to still be armed and dangerous and suspected of, of murder. Right. So after all of that and basically simultaneously as they were naming the new suspect, there was a community meeting that took place on Monday of some of the people that were uh, either friends or family of the victim who wanted to kind of come together to talk about gang violence because they knew that the police were sort of putting those factors in play with their, the investigation of of what they had found at the crime scene sure. and the people involved. You were at that meeting. Can you talk a little bit about what happened? Yeah. So you're right. It, it really was simultaneously. I was sitting in the meeting. Yeah. Cause and I then, was actually posting right. the story, the, the story of the new suspect. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. So this, um, I guess we're calling it a community conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hosted at escape ministries. Um, and it was hosted by, um, Reverend Willie Watt and also um, Reverend Denise Kingdom Greer, who's over at Maple Avenue mm-hmm. Ministries. Um, and it was a collection of, I'd say, 50 to 60-ish people kind of coming in and out. And they were there to to honor T.J. Wells' memory and, and to talk about grief, but they also wanted to talk about um, minority youth in Holland mm-hmm. and resources or lack thereof for them and um, what they believe to be an increase in gang activity in the city and, and the township okay. um, in the last few months. Okay. Um, to be really clear, T.J. Wells' family um, says that he was not in any sort of gang. Um, they um, were fairly offended that that was how police right. you right. know, framed this. Um, yeah, they were pretty ad- adamant in some of the interviews with some of the TV stations. Right, right. Um, so... Just for a little bit of context, based on um, the warrant that has been issued for Juan Cabrera, one of the things in that warrant is um, felony gang um, related activity, gang membership. Um, and then. So he is believed to be in a gang. Correct, yeah. Do we know which one? Um, he's believed to be a member of the Latin Kings. Okay, we've yeah. heard that that name before. Which, ha- which has in, quite in a Rom- history. In Holland, right? Right, right. in Holland. Um, and then in um, a court meeting to um, get the warrant approved, Um, one of the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office detectives gave some information to the court yesterday, which was Monday, um, that a couple of witnesses at the scene understood T.J. Wells to be a member of Gangster Disciples, which is another gang. Um, Latin Kings and Gangster Disciples have a very rich history of being rival gangs um, and that also is a history that exists in Holland. Right. So the police suspect him to at least have gang ties if not Yeah, some sort of affiliation. Right. Okay. Okay. So he might have been friends with somebody who was also affiliated with it. What is the the status of searching for the suspect? Have the authorities indicated if the uh, Cabrera individual is even local anymore, or do we not know that right now? Um, so for obvious reasons, the sheriff's office kind of has to keep things under wraps. They didn't tell us that. I know, <laughs> especially Rude. when they're you know, talking to a nosy reporter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they... Um, 
Captain Bennett did say um, that they they had some new information that they were following up on this afternoon. Um, whether that leads somewhere, you know, they'll let us know with right. with a new press release if he um, is taken into custody. Right. Okay. Well, is there anything else that we need to know about the case with the story sort of developing daily at this point? Um, there were there were some interesting conversations that were had at this community meeting at um, Escape Ministries. There were there were quite a kind of a, a large variety of people there, kind of all walks of life. There were some some parents that were concerned, you know, for their own children's safety, sure. that kind of thing. Um, but something that um, I thought was kind of interesting was that there were a lot of people at this meeting that said that they knew more than what the police knew or that they knew things faster than the police did, but that they um, didn't trust the police enough mm. to um, come forward with that information or they had had negative experiences with police in the Holland area um, in the past. And so they just, you know, they kind of said, you know, stay out of my face or, um, right. you know, they weren't really interested in, in cooperating. And that was something that um, the sheriff's office said was, was rather cumbersome in especially at the scene trying to get the lay of the land and figure out what was going on and secure the scene you know when they walk into something they don't know how many victims or shooters sure. or or you know what what they may right. be walking into or um, if the threat is over right. right exactly yeah so um i thought that was kind of an interesting two-way street conversation here um there definitely has been a history of these types of community conversations in the past mm-hmm. in holland i've mm-hmm. been to a couple now um where particularly the african american community says um you know holland police is, is overly aggressive for petty crimes and they you know they make us feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then on the other side the police say okay but you're not helping us get the information that we need right <laughs> um and so then we can't really, you know, trust you. Like it's right, a it's right. a give and take situation. Um, and I think that that's a conversation that is going to continue to develop along with the conversation about um, increased, potentially increased gang activity mm-hmm. in the Holland area again. Yeah, I know that in the past we've seen some spikes um, in uh, not not constant, but just occasionally we might see a rash of graffiti tagging sure. or vandalism we've we've seen that in the downtown area and had some sort of indications you know of signage for right. particular groups yeah. do you think is it your sense you cover the crime beat i do do you feel like you're seeing any um increasing in gang activity from your personal viewpoint um so i can't say that i've seen enough personally to to come up with some sort of like frequency pattern sure. um I mean, I'm obviously not going out on every single call, right? You know that the police are, but um, I am aware that this is not the first recent gangster disciples versus Latin Kings shooting incident. Mm-hmm. Um, on Halloween, on on Halloween, there was a shots fired complaint um, called in to nine one one between these two groups. Between these two groups, no one was injured in that specific incident, and it sounds like there wasn't necessarily an intended target, but there was a shooting incident um, that Holland police were aware of and they were aware that it was gang related. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously that's something that we're going to continue to track. And, and unfortunately when there are violent events and especially, you know, when it 
leads to the death of a child in this right. case. Um, it can lead to some additional flare-ups after the fact. That's what I was going to ask you next is, um, yeah. are, do you think that the police are concerned about retaliation given the fact that this is such a young victim and there's a lot of emotions attached to losing somebody so young? I think that both police and the community are concerned that that's a possibility. Okay. Um, that was something that um, came up at the community conversation yesterday that um, different people had 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 conversations with, um, you know, former gangster disciple men members or or even relatives or mm-hmm. whatever, saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, so what are you going to do? Right, you know, like right. what's what's the answer going to be?" Um, and it was made very clear <laughs> to everyone that the, that now is a time for grieving and sure you know that's that is not an adequate well it's also hard to to anticipate those kinds of things and how do you prevent them because it it's not like increased patrols could necessarily uh prevent somebody from saying you know hey i want to i want to hurt somebody affiliated with your group because you hurt somebody affiliated with mine sure yeah that's gonna be really challenging for law law enforcement it does right and especially i think um there, there's a fear of both talking about it and not talking about it. Right, right. <laughs> because if you talk about it and you talk about gang affiliation, in a way you're kind of advertising for those groups. You're, right. you're bringing it to the forefront. Right. But if you don't talk about it, then are you sweeping it underneath the rug? Are you pretending it's not there? Right. You know, which is the better strategy? Right. Um, which I think is maybe a question that Holland doesn't quite have the answer to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, and they've they had increased gang activity in the early '90s. That Correct. is a painful history right. that probably um, polarizes that that decision making one way or the other because exactly. they don't want to return to those days. So understandable. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch your coverage as this develops. Hopefully, they get a suspect in custody and. And then we'll go from there. Right. Right. We'll be able to go from there. All right. Sounds good. Well, this has been another episode of From the Newsroom. Again, my name is Sarah Leach. Thank you, Audrey Gamble. You're so welcome. And we'll see you next time. 